Chapter Twenty Seven of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter Twenty Seven, and Jonathan. They had seen more of Beverly than of Gordon. Beverly had been south with Price had fought on bloody hill the day that lyon fell and had slipped his head into the noose more than once while coming back to recruit he had the gift of persuasion this laughter-loving boy and many a man had followed his leadership into the army of the lost cause every trip brought him through jackson county now in north missouri now circling through the river counties they never knew when he was coming hardly knew when he was gone there were bird calls from the pasture that virginia came to listen for then somebody would mount guard while there was a hurried interview down in the woods or out in the orchard or sometimes in between the cornrows where there were no tell-tale listeners he did not come home often to the house there was too much risk and then he did not want to bring retribution on the family for his homecoming but he came to think that he too bore a charmed life and could come and go at will he became expert at eluding pursuit and felt a boyish elation in dangers risked and overcome he was there just the week before gordon came home on his furlough staying longer that time than he had ever stayed before it was the first time he had seemed reluctant to go back war was a dreadful thing after all he told his mother he would be glad when it was over she remembered afterward that during that visit he used to speak to her sometimes rather abruptly after intervals of silence saying mother as if he had something of moment to say and then making some light remark that did not accord with the sober look on his face it went to her heart to see him lose the buoyancy of youth and take on the seriousness of manhood of course it must come in time but it seemed to be coming so fast it was the shadow of war she used to think with a sad shake of the head war was a blighting withering thing she asked him one day if he ever heard from gordon now yes he said he had had a letter from him a few weeks ago but he did not tell her what was in the letter nor offer to let her see it virginia was present when her mother asked the question and it seemed to her that beverly looked a little embarrassed when he spoke of gordon's letter she wondered why they did not see him for a long time after this the corn was getting its first ploughing when he came again and this time it was for a flying trip he and ike swamscott had been north of the river recruiting the confederacy was in desperate need of men now they were to start south in the morning and in the meantime were to spend the night at mr swamscott's the negroes were still at caswick and there seemed on that account more danger there than at the swamscott place where the negroes were gone the trevelyans had gone down to see beverly taking sally devereux with them and when colonel trevelyan said it was time to be getting toward home the girls decided to stay all night 
at mr swamscott's earnest invitation seconded by beverly and ike stay virge beverly whispered in virginia's ear there is something i want to tell you he looked so strangely agitated that she wondered with vague alarm what it could be the trevelyans said their good-byes outside the swamscotts had sympathetically said theirs within sally casting in her lot with them indeed it seemed probable that sally might be induced to do this for all time ike swamscott was almost as handsome as beverly in his gray uniform at the beginning of the war and sally knew that the heart beating under it was twice as warm for her as beverly's had ever been or would ever be so as the uniform began to grow ragged sally began to think more of the heart under it it is hard for a girl to hold out against a love like his he had told her once that it had grown with his growth and strengthened with his strength and when he wrote to her after one of her periodical refusals that he still loved her as tenderly as infinitely but as hopelessly as of old sally cried over the letter for a week and gave it up that plea had touched her heart and made it his all of which explains why sally was not now at the door with the trevelyans when his father and mother were gone beverly stood with his arm close around virginia and she looked up into his face expectantly there was something there she had never seen before she shivered a little before it he had been quiet all the evening little like the rollicking beverly of old but now he held her passionately to his heart as if he feared that something might slip in between them that would hold them forever apart what is it brother she asked an undefined fear knocking at her heart and demanding to come in a fear that was so much worse because she did not know of what she was afraid you have something to tell me yes he said i have something to tell you he drew her cheek to his and patted it as one would a child's but verge little burgie her eyes filled it was her baby name the one his infant lips had given her he used it always when he was tenderest of her it will hurt you dear will hurt you cruelly she closed her eyes and bent her head to the blow it was gordon she thought of the letter that beverly had had from him beverly knew something that he had kept from her because he could not bear to hurt her and perhaps too from love of his friend i ought to have told you long ago he said with stern self-accusation i ought not to have let it go on keeping a cowardly silence you cannot blame me more than i blame myself she drew herself away from him with a fierce impatience she had stood all she could what is it she cried passionately tell me i can stand anything 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 if i can only know he took both her hands and held them tight virginia before i tell you let me beg one thing don't think too harshly of poor lois lois it was it is always the man he went on bitterly that is the most to beverly a quick sharp whisper came from behind them and a hand touched him come in here quick 
they slipped through the half-open door it was mr swamscott the house is surrounded go in the sitting-room and take a book or something there they are now at this moment two federal soldiers appeared at the front door another entered through the room they were vacating when they met in the sitting-room they saw a family quietly reading and two farmhands lounging in the background their chairs tilted back against the wall there was no time for hiding and no chance for flight perhaps they did the very best thing after all the men belonged to jennison's command and were in search of nothing more than shelter for the night it was a harmless errand apparently but everybody in that room knew that if the identity of the farmhands was disclosed their lives would not be worth a picayune in the face of this perhaps because of it the visitors were politely received and entertained after the first frightful moments were passed they all noticed that virginia was missing but the peril was too imminent to risk the introduction of a new element of danger such as a question might prove the explanation of her absence was this as the soldier had entered through the side door of the dining-room virginia had stepped back into an unlighted corner and so escaped notice when he was safely in the other room she slipped out and across the porch on which she and beverly had been standing a moment later she was flying down the road the swamscott place was but half a mile from mr whalen's that distance was never traversed in much less time if she could only get mr whalen the boys might yet be saved every feeling of virginia trevelyan's nature as she sped along the dark road was held subservient to the pressing need of saving beverly every conscious thought as she galloped back behind mr whalen was of him and yet through it all reiterating in her subconsciousness was one word and that a name lois if a popular vote had been taken on grand prairie as to the guardian angel of the community it would certainly have been awarded to mr whalen the good neighbor who would have died for the union and who lived for his friends not till the final casting up of accounts will it ever be known how much he did toward the saving of life and property was a widow's last cow taken by ruthless hands mr whalen was never too busy to attempt its rescue was a man's life endangered mr whalen stood ready to swear him off it must be admitted that his oath was a somewhat facile thing in those days though men had been wont to say in times past that his word was as good as his bond and his notes never went to protest there were many dark pages in that four years record but darkness shows us worlds of light we never see by day for those whose memories are good those pages are illumined with kindly deeds and heroic acts that stand out like the exquisite coloring of an old-time missal wrought with painstaking care by some medieval saint the neighborhood animosities of the earlier years of the war had passed away in the frightful community of interests and dangers of this later time then it was a struggle for opinion now it was for life
in those days men of differing political creeds shunned each other lest friendships be sacrificed in these they sought each other's homes for mutual safety war makes strange bedfellows in jackson county union men and southern men forsook their homes and lived together for a protection one to the other all that a man hath will he give for his life mr whalen had once taken the wife of one of quantrell's lieutenants and conveyed her and her children to a place of safety in illinois she was his neighbor she had come to him in terror of her life and he could not say her nay it's a poor widow woman that wants to get to her friends in the north he said to the authorities and they let them through it wasn't so far from the truth either he said in recounting the incident one day at caswick she'll be a widow before it's through mr whalen said mrs trevelyan at that time doesn't it hurt your conscience to tell an out-and-out -out story to save your friends not a bit not a bit he replied cheerfully unless i get caught at it then it hurts me powerfully and he threw back his head and laughed heartily a moment later he added seriously no mrs trevelyan i feel no more compunctions of conscience in throwing jennison's men off the scent than any other hounds they're not fighting for their country they're here for what's in it and that means plunder and pillage if i can save a friend's life or his property from those red-legged devils by an innocent lie that don't hurt anybody i'm going to do it and take my chances with the good lord i think he'll say well done good and faithful so when mr whalen shuffled into the swamscott sitting-room speaking to the family in his homely everyday fashion nodding carelessly to the two hands and giving a cordial handshake and a how are you gentlemen to the soldiers it will be seen why there was an instantaneous feeling of relief mr whalen would get them out of it some way they talked for an hour the new visitor rather monopolizing the conversation because he was afraid to trust the family but taking pains to draw the older one of the soldiers into it he related stories in which general ewing and colonel jennison and colonel anthony's names appeared familiarly and his own incidentally he was known throughout the country as a staunch union man the hands sat somewhat back in the shadow and naturally took no active part soon after mr whalen's arrival virginia had come in from the back with a plate of apples which she passed as a daughter of the house would then she took a seat near one of the men sally was seated by another the soldiers were young and the girls did their best at last mr whalen rose virginia thought heavens is he going without doing anything well boys he said i'm going at that corn in the morning i want you there by daybreak you're through with them i believe you said mr swamscott at the door he turned come to think of it i don't know but you'd better go over with me tonight hotel swamscott seems pretty full just now 
how is it mrs swampscott i reckon it would help me out a little she had presence of mind to say i have been wondering where i would put them all they got up and said good night as farm hands would an hour later they were on swift horses headed southward beverly you fool said mr whalen impressively don't you let me see your face around here till the war's over now go but beverly's face was seen again he could not stay away end of chapter twenty seven recording by john brandon